0: Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, Pastor Brad Britton talks to us about the relationship between Simon Peter and Jesus. Pastor Brad shows us that Jesus used this relationship to show us his forgiveness. Pastor Brad also shows us that we are much like Simon Peter, but Jesus is still there pursuing our hearts through all of our flaws and weaknesses. And so maybe in that moment, Peter... Realized that the words come and have breakfast meant something different. It wasn't just about, hey, let's get together and eat. Maybe it was all is forgiven. We're square now. Not because of anything you did, but because of what I've done. And I'm convinced. All he wanted to say is all is forgiven. Now feed my sheep. You know the beauty of this, though? That applies to you, too. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. And may it make a real difference in how we live our lives, how we think of ourselves, how we treat others, and today how we experience forgiveness. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Simon lived with his wife and mother-in-law and his brother Andrew. And Jesus connected with him in that moment, that time. Simon was a fisherman, uh, like so many of the day, and there at the Sea of Galilee began this long journey, this relationship between Simon and Jesus. Jesus had called him to leave everything he knew behind, his work and friends and family, just to go and to follow, and, and he did. and. Simon's a lot like you and me. Uh, He has great moments, mediocre moments, less than mediocre moments, and then really, really bad moments. So Simon is a picture of us, really. Jesus was traveling with his disciples and He asked them, who do people say that I am? And and they responded, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, others prophet. And Jesus looked them straight in the eye and said, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Simon spoke up. He said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that's when Jesus changed his name. It went from Simon to Cephas, which Cephas is Aramaic for Peter. And the Greek for Peter is rock. So he basically changed his name from Simon to what we would say, the rock. Not the wrestler, just the rock. And he said, on you, I will build my church which is fascinating because when you hear the rest of Peter's life, it is amazing that Jesus would take such a flawed person to build a church. But thank God for all of us, right? Well, they're going along and things are going well. And Peter approaches Jesus one day and says, how many times are we supposed to forgive? Is is seven good? Which I love how he just pulled that number. You know, seven, like after that, can we just cut them off, call it good? And Jesus said, no, uh, how about 70 times seven, and then you're just getting warmed up. How about that? In other words, there's no limit to forgiveness, I expected of you. So here we go along, Peter trying to test the limits of forgiveness, and then we go a little further and Jesus warns the disciples that he would one day be handed over and he would be ridiculed, betrayed, beaten, even crucified. And Peter said, no way, not you. And then Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block. So how ironic that the rock has now become a stumbling block. And so this pattern goes on and on. We get to the last supper and Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples. You remember after supper, he took off his outer garment, began to wash their feet and he gets to Peter. And Peter, of course, is the one that says, no way, no way will you do this because this is not appropriate for you to do this to your servants. <clears throat> and Jesus said, well, if I don't wash your feet, then we're done. And Peter said, well, not just my feet, all of me, just take me all. Later in the meal, Jesus talked about loving one another. In fact, he said, they'll know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so I, I expect you to love one another just as I have loved you and offered you grace and forgiveness. And Peter said, you got it. I will never forsake you and And then what did Jesus say? He said, no, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And he just couldn't believe that Jesus would say something like that to him. And then sure enough, what happened? Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's taken off to be interrogated, which would soon lead to to his crucifixion. And there's Peter at a campfire out in the courtyard where others were warming themselves. And someone approached Peter and said, aren't you one of his disciples? And what did Peter say? Don't even know the guy. What was that part about? I'll never, what? Don't even know him. They asked him a second time. Nope, not me. A third time, nope. And then he could hear it. It was the rooster crowing in the distance. And what Jesus said he would do, he did. And he hung his head. Next thing Peter knows, Jesus is hanging on a cross and it's over. There's no hope. The last time he could speak of Jesus, he denied him. Sold him out, whatever you want to call it. Over. And then we have our story today. Jesus had been resurrected. He had already appeared twice to the disciples and others. This will be the third time. And it was time to have breakfast. Have you ever seen a painting of The Last Breakfast? I mean, maybe we should paint the last breakfast. You know, there's the Last Supper, you know, the great painting of the Last Supper. The last breakfast, I can just see the table is set. Did Jesus like waffles or pancakes? Breakfast tacos, breakfast tacos perhaps, yeah. Did he like his bacon crispy or you know, biscuits? So here's Jesus, he's on the shore. Uh, the disciples, uh, several of them, not all of them, several of them had got up to go fishing. In fact, Peter's the one who started it. Uh, they were just sitting around wondering what to do. All right, Jesus is crucified. He's, we've seen him twice. What do you do now? So Peter said, well, I'm going fishing. Now that doesn't mean like we would think of fishing. Hey, let's go to the lake. Let's go. This was his work. So he was in effect saying, there's nothing left to do except go back to the work we did before. Let's just go back to work. And so they went out and they fished all night. It was common for them to fish at night. And so they're, they're there at their work fishing. It's daybreak and they're coming to the shore. Their net is empty. And this guy on the shore decides to give some fishing advice. They can't recognize him. It's early. He says, have you caught anything? No. What was your first clue? The empty net? Cast your net to the right side of the boat. They cast it to the right side of the boat and catch 153 fish. And there's so many fish in the in the net, it just can barely hold them, yet it doesn't break. And then one of the disciples recognizes it's Jesus. He calls it out. There's it's Jesus. And what does Peter do? Well, first of all, it says he was naked. I don't know if you saw that part in the text. That's a little troubling. You know, we're fishing and He's naked and he throws on some clothes to jump in the water. Really? What? Now, he wasn't naked naked because naked's naked, right? He wasn't naked naked. He was had a cloth around his waist and the word used for naked there just meant this cloth that they would wear when they'd fish. And he threw on his cloak because uh, Jewish men at the time when they would greet other people Others would have to to wear that. So he was just getting dressed to go see Jesus. He makes it to the shore. They haul the the fish in, and Jesus has a campfire. Can you imagine what Peter must have thought when he saw that fire? He smells the smoke, and he he thinks back to the fire in the courtyard when he denied him, and there he is, Uh uh-oh, What's he going to say to me? Well, Jesus says, "Uh, bring your fish. And by the way, Jesus already had some fish cooking and some bread. And he said, bring your fish. I think that was his way of saying, let's do this together. Bring your fish. Come and have breakfast. So here's Jesus again pursuing those who betrayed him or just abandoned him. Um, In Psalm 23, towards the end of that psalm, it's uh, "Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life." Uh, Another way that the word "follow" is translated there is "pursue." So think about it that way. It's one thing to follow somebody; it's one thing to be pursued. I was leaving my house the other day, driving to work, and just going out of the neighborhood, and this guy is tailgating me in the neighborhood. I'm like, "Really? Is it going to be that kind of a day?" get off my back, man, pursuing me. Well, here's Jesus and God's love pursuing. Just keeps coming after them. He won't let them leave. When we dropped our oldest son off to college, it was a different experience. Most people who drop off kids to college, you know, they roll out the red carpet, these universities, which they better as much as it costs, right? Right? They roll out the red carpet. Man, we want to make you feel welcome. Come on in. We'll help you move in, right? Not at the Air Force Academy. Here's how it works there. Mom and dad were in line. You just have a backpack, literally, which was wonderful. Didn't have to move anything. Had a backpack with a few things in it, and that's it. We're in line. We go up to the table. The cadets go to the right. Parents go to the left. We get to the table. Check his name. You got 30 seconds to say goodbye. So I said, goodbye. <laughs> you, know, we, you know, what do you do? Goodbye. Good luck. Now there, you don't hear from them for several weeks because they're going to basic training. It's, you know, that's it for a while. So what do you think the mom, uh, moms are doing and other dads? I mean, it's just, we're all a mess. I mean, it's like ripping the Band-Aid. And so... We do that and so I just kind of walk off the side and they had free donuts around the corner. There was literally, you can't make this up. There's free donuts and coffee. So I get a couple of donuts and I'm trying to console my wife, Alicia. I walk around, you know, and I said, hey, you want a donut? And she goes, no, I don't want a donut right now. So I had two donuts. I'll deal with my grief this way. Thank you. I'll have another donut. And they had this service called a web guy. So since you weren't going to have any communication with them, they would take photographs of them during basic and all the things they were doing, and they'd post them each night on, uh, on this site. And you had to pay a little monthly fee for that. And I said, you know, I'm not paying that. We're not going to do that. Well, (laughs) Why would I pay? I got a picture of him in the living room. <laughs> I was in the delivery room when he was born, when I almost passed out. I know what he looks like. So that next week, we logged into our web guy account. <laughs> and thus began this Where's Waldo exercise. Each day, can you find him? Because they're all dressed the same. They're all... And so it became a game. She, of course, was looking to see, is he okay? I wonder. And and I just, for me, it just became fun to try to find him before she did. And so one night I did that. She's walking in the house, and I was in the living room. I found him. I found him. Look. He's face down in the mud. He's miserable. Look. He's just miserable. And little did he know when he was there that his parents were still Pursuing and ooing and ahing. There he is. And here's Jesus on the lake. He's got the fire and breakfast. Still pursuing the ones who deny him, still pursuing the ones who were nowhere to be found as he hung on the cross. And there he is with this offer of forgiveness. After breakfast, he has a little conversation with Peter. Now, he calls him Simon in this case. Every time Jesus calls Peter Simon, it means he means business. You ever get called your middle name, your full name by a mom or a dad, especially moms? You know, you're in trouble when it's your full name. It's kind of what Simon, it means, I mean business. And so he said, Simon, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I I love you. And he said, well, uh, feed my lambs. Again, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Well, tend my sheep. Third time, and Peter got irritated this time when he heard him ask him again. He said, Simon, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord. Then feed my sheep. And so maybe in that moment, Peter. Realized that the words come and have breakfast meant something different. It wasn't just about, hey, let's get together and eat. Maybe it was all this forgiven. We're, we're square now. Not because of anything you did, but because of what I've done. And. Ernest Hemingway wrote a wonderful short story called Capital of the World. It's about a father in Spain who uh, had an estranged relationship with his teenage son. Uh, It was so bad that the son ran away from home. And so in a desperate attempt to reunite and connect with his son, he put an ad out in the paper, in the Madrid paper, and it said, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montana Tuesday noon. All is forgiven, Papa. Papa. Well, the day arrives, it's Tuesday. The dad shows up at the Hotel Montana and he gets there and there he sees, too much to his surprise, a bunch of police, policemen. You see, they had to call him in because there were 800 Pacos that showed up. Eight hundred showed up because they read that ad and they were just hoping that their papa said all is forgiven. I think when he said come and have breakfast, I'm convinced. All he wanted to say is all is forgiven. Now feed my sheep. You know the beauty of this though? That applies to you too and to me. Whatever it is, wherever you've been, God loves you so much that he would pursue you even to death on a cross and be resurrected again only to say, would you come and have breakfast too? Let's pray. God, you are a gracious God who loves us, who forgives us, who has chosen us before we could even recognize you, let alone say yes to you. And so help us to know in this moment that all is forgiven and that we can have a new life today. And whatever feeding your sheep looks like for us, help us to do it in our own unique way with the gifts that you've given us to serve. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Sermon Series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org. Or find us on social media at F-U-M-C-R-R.